Welcome to The Essential Rhythm, science-based natural history and human ecology of the North Atlantic seashore. This is episode 31, Osmoregulation and Bony Fish. In episode 29, we introduced the concept of osmosis, along with the idea that organisms have evolved a myriad of ways in which they prevent, adjust for, or simply live with osmosis. As a quick review, osmosis is the movement of water across a semi-permeable membrane in response to a concentration gradient. In osmosis, the water moves, and it follows the salt. As a result of osmosis, water moves towards where salt concentrations are higher. If the environment outside your body is saltier than inside your body, water moves out of you, and you dehydrate quickly. If the environment inside your body is saltier than the outside of your body, water moves into you, and you bloat and perhaps even rupture. That's why most aquatic organisms have a fairly narrow range of salinities they can tolerate. They have adapted to be able to deal with variation within that range and can manage osmotic stress. Beyond that range, however, they suffer cellular damage that can be fatal. As noted in episode 29, many marine invertebrates are osmoconformers. They just take on the salinity of the water they're in and don't have any mechanisms to deal with fluctuating salinities. If the salt content of the water changes beyond what they're adapted for, and that would be the typical salinity of their habitat, they can be in big trouble. Other aquatic organisms, however, have elaborate biological machinery that allow them to maintain an osmotic homeostasis, an internal salinity different than the external fluid in which they live. Most bony fish fall into this category. They actively maintain their internal fluids at around 12 parts per thousand, 12 parts salt for 1,000 parts total. Freshwater has a salinity of half a part per thousand or less. Seawater comes in at an average of 35 parts per thousand, coastal seawater being somewhat lower at 29 to 30 parts per thousand. So a fish in seawater is less salty than the external environment. And as we've noted before, water follows salt. So these fish readily lose water to the sea and thus have to compensate for this constant loss of water by drinking lots of seawater. But seawater is full of salt. So how they deal with this is to actively absorb the salt in their gut, specifically in their esophagus, so that when the water hits their lower gut, it can be absorbed instead of pulling water out of the lower gut, like would happen if you drank seawater. The salts absorbed from the seawater in the esophagus travel through the blood to the gills, where they're excreted using special cells called saltwater ionocytes. When salts dissolve into water, they break down into their constituent particles, which carry an electrical charge and are called ions. Hence, ionocytes are cells that deal with ions. The way ionocytes work is well beyond what we can discuss here on the radio, but suffice to say, there is some serious biochemistry hacking going on at the cellular level. These specialized cells basically use the positive and negative charges of the different ions, the sodium, the chloride, the potassium, to set up alternative gradients. They allow ions to follow an electrical charge gradient against a concentration gradient, basically playing one parent off another, if you will. On the other end of the spectrum, a fish in freshwater is more salty than the surrounding environment and thus faces the opposite problem. Because there is more salt inside than outside, water from the outside environment is constantly moving into the fish in freshwater. These fish don't have to drink at all, and instead of having to constantly excrete salts, they have to actively reabsorb it from huge amounts of dilute urine they produce. 
they too have ionocytes, freshwater ionocytes, that are able to absorb and concentrate minute amounts of salts from otherwise fresh water. Remember, fresh water still has small amounts of dissolved salts in it. In freshwater fish, the organs doing the lion's share of the osmoregulation work are the kidneys, which filter and retain salts out of the copious amounts of urine they produce, getting rid of all that water that makes its way on board due to osmosis. And why all the fuss about salt in the first place? Earlier, I referred to the electrical charges of the constituents of salt. For example, the table salt we sprinkle on our french fries is sodium chloride, made of a positively charged sodium ion and a negatively charged chloride ion. Our bodies rely on these charges and the buildup of electrochemical gradients to do all kinds of things at the cellular level. These gradients let things into and out of cells. They allow nerves to transmit signals from one to another and fire muscle fibers. Ions are critical in building bone and teeth enamel and stomach acid. They enable us to sweat and regulate our temperature. In short, salts are critical to the functioning of all animal cells, and be they human, fish, or clam. Getting the balance just right is one of the most important things an animal, especially one that lives in the water, can do. This has been episode 31 of The Essential Rhythm, written and produced by me, Sarah O'Malley. The theme music is Lightstream by the artist Sidhartha, used by permission through Creative Commons. Thanks for listening and join us next week.